This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays Podcast, back yet again after the Celtics take care of business handily once again in Game 2 against the Atlanta Hawks to take a 2-0 series lead. My name is Ryan Robb, joined by Ryan Bernardoni at DangerCard on Twitter for the first time this series. This episode of the Winning Place Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Head on over to FanDuel.com slash Boston to get your first no-sweat first bet. And Ryan, you know, we, we talked during the week and we were like talking about whether we should even have a podcast after game one. And you made the the the, the right point being like, you know what? No, that was just a, a boring game. This is a... and. Game two, unfortunately, didn't really change that, at least. But maybe, do we have enough to talk about here to fill a podcast? That, that, that's that's how we're starting. At least it was competitive for six minutes, yeah. eight minutes, whatever whatever it was. Uh, obviously, last year they swept the first round, and that was a significantly more competitive series than this one is, um, at least to this point. You know, things can change, I suppose. But um, it looks very clear that I don't even think that the Hawks are like particularly bad for a whatever, eight seed, seven seed. They played okay. Like Murray played really well yesterday. They were okay. Yeah, they're an okay team. Uh, It's a terrible matchup for them. Yeah. And the Celtics are playing really, really well. Uh, Probably as well as they've played it all during the year, right? The sort of end of the season when they were caring enough to compete in the games. Um, Not a coincidence that that their health has coincided with that. But yeah, when, when the team gets healthy, they play really well. They're a, I think it's a friendly matchup positionally and sort of stylistically. The Hawks are trying. They, I know they made a big point of it yesterday, sort of in the game on the broadcast, everything to you know shoot more threes. They shot a bunch more threes. The combination of like shooting a lot more threes and still getting offensive rebounds is sort of you think the what they're you know what they would need to to have to be the key to to beat the Celtics. And now they've lost both games by double digits, and neither of them were as close as the final score. So it's you know kind of must feel demoralizing for them, but. It just seems to be a story of just a, you know, a better team um, taking care of business, right? So it seems like, and I mean, it also, not that this is a huge surprise too, but Elena, I feel like has a ton of big picture questions going beyond this season. And Trey Young has been, I think, not jury's been split on how effective he is, but there's, you know, he has a lot of fans in the league, but he also has a lot of people who have largely questioned about, you know, what, this team can be with him as the best player and and he is not answering any of those questions well in the series where it looks like like I you kind of wonder here if like uh, are the Hawks just better off playing him like 20 25 minutes a game in this series because he's just being abused defensively and clearly is not making up for it enough uh against the Derek Whites and the Marcus Smarts of the world offensively to to make this you know even a competitive series yeah he had the worst plus minus on the Hawks yesterday he was minus 18 they and can't one too. <laughs> yeah, I mean they can't. They obviously they can't cut his minutes down like that. Even if it's like, even if the plan is to trade him in the offseason, like you have to, you can't be right, like, oh, and all those, by the way, we just benched him in the first round, right? Right. <laughs> um, you're committed to to him as a player right now, maybe as a trade asset going forward. But, um, and I don't think, I don't think that the Hawks are a team that has rolled over. They they might, especially if they lose game three, game four. You know, sometimes that happens. But like, it doesn't feel like to me that they're a team that's checked out and you know not trying to win these games because they have all these problems in the locker room or whatever it doesn't feel like that to me you do sometimes get teams even when they make the playoffs that do feel a little bit like that way like they won the play-in game they the first game they fall behind by 30 but like the second quarter of the first game is as 
like hot of shooting as a team can get against as cold of shooting a team can get. Yeah, the Celtics played a whole bunch of other. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of other structural stuff in there that continued on in in game two. But part of the story of game one is just like the Celtics made seven consecutive threes while the Hawks were going one for 16. And so it swelled to a gigantic lead and then they cruised to the end. I don't feel in either game like the Hawks just, you know, packed up their tools and left. They do. I don't think that they've quit on the coach or anything like that, is I guess what I'm getting at. No. Um, It's just that they aren't as good. And like you said, you know, Trey is out there. He's obviously the engine of their their offense. And the Celtics have two of the four or five best defensive guards in, in the league, plus good defensive wings and a backstop of two different centers who can both protect the rim without fouling. Um, and it there's like, where is he supposed to go? Uh, it's a very difficult matchup. And then unlike, you know, some of the other really good defensive guards, like you, Alex Caruso, right? Alex Caruso can't take advantage of him on the other end, like Derek White and Marcus Smart can. Uh, and so there's just nowhere for him to really hide. And if your goal is to win a title, then yeah, I mean, I think you have to think about what their future is, but just getting through this series, like this is an Atlanta Hawks podcast, obviously. I I think they're trying and I think <laughs> that they're just overmatched. No, and I and I agree. Like you look like they're hitting, pressing the offensive glass hard. I thought Bogdanovich and Murray played really good games in game two. And, you know, Hunter had a hot start before he cooled off. But it's just, it's a matter of, I think the Celtics defense right now getting to, you know, they, they were a top five defensive team this year, but I guess the, it kind of came and went. They just had a couple really like, you know, embarrassed, not embarrassing type losses, but yeah, I'll say embarrassing, like the game in OKC and the game in Washington. There are a few times where they really let go of the rope and you're like, oh, is this, can this be the same team defensively? And they always have the personnel there. That's, that's solving one part of the problem there, but the, the level, the intensity of uh, whether it's rotations, whether it's just making extra efforts, the the anticipation of getting into passing lanes, whether it's smart or even guys like you know Jalen Brown in this series, I think has been tremendous. And so that that full on like buy in for the you know close to forty eight minutes in both games here uh, is really you know covers up some of the offensive woes at times and really puts this team at a different level. Yeah, and. I don't know. You can look at some of the matchups where they're even trying to attack and where where the Hawks are trying to to make a little bit of progress. And like they've tried to attack Sam Hauser, right? It hasn't worked. Um, you look at the Celtics who are like, oh, the Celtics have Grant Williams, who's still just not even playing on their bench and would obviously be maybe the starter for the Hawks over John Collins. I don't know who's a better player between those two at this point uh, as, as sort of a two way option. Right. And it's just there's just too much talent and too much depth and, and too many options for different ways to go um and if the celtics are going to block 10 shots and get 10 steals and you're not going to be able to beat sam hauser off the dribble and meanwhile on the other end literally anytime the celtics want they can get to the rim it like what (laughs) what is the the coaching plan out of that other than hey we took 48 threes and we need to make 25 of them instead of 16 of them all right that could happen but it's not going to happen four times in the next five games uh, there's just no real solution to that problem. Um, and maybe the Celtics play down now. They, you know, take their foot off the gas again, like we've seen other times, and they lose a game and have to ramp it back up or, or whatever. Uh, you hope there's no injuries or anything like that that get, that get and mix this all up. But uh, it does feel like both this series and the, the 76ers series are, you know, decided at this point. And, and it's just a, a talent advantage. And 
And in both cases, also a pretty big matchup advantage in terms of just who they, who they're playing. So um, very much seems like the two teams are steaming towards a more interesting series uh, in the not too distant future. Yeah. It's looking like that could be one that game one of that series coming on the same day as like three or four game sevens um, through other, mostly Western conference series, but I think yeah, we'll see, you know, Cavs, Knicks might be headed that way too. And, and this Bucks heat situation, which yep. um, I don't know if we want to dive to, well, let's it's spend a little more time on this then go and then, and then zoom out a, a bit in terms of the, the entire playoff picture. Cause there's well, fairly tons of intrigue there, but what, where else I do mean, you want to go with this team right now? Yeah. Bucks heat might be more in like more important to the Celtics than the rest of this series is to the Celtics, right? Oh yeah. They're going to win this series. If Giannis can't play in tonight and the heat win and suddenly it's 2-0, having won both games at home, you know, a little bit reminiscent of um, the Bulls series. Oh, with, yeah. With, you know, the... the that 28-17? Yeah, the uh, Isaiah Thomas and Rondo and all that. Like, you're you're in a hole with a, a much higher seed. But obviously, we're talking about Giannis here. Um, and they could still win the series from there. Like, they could lose game two, and Giannis could come back, and Tyler Hero's out for the series. And Tyler Hero, I don't know if it would be the difference anyway, but... The Bucks could still come back and win that, but like if the 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 minute that the medical report comes out today for that game, if Giannis is out, like in that moment, Celtics Cavs might be more likely than Celtics Bucks. I don't I don't know. Like it's um, wow. because what if he's out for more than game two? You just don't know. And and they could obviously win game two without Giannis, and that would totally flip. But I'm just saying, like at that one moment of like uncertain to be out about Giannis down in the series must win game at home and obviously the Cavs Knicks are only 1-1 as well if the Cavs were up 2-0 that would be more likely to, to be able to make that statement but it's a like how how the Celtics playoff route looks after today might be you know more revealing than than what we learned yesterday where it was like oh they beat the Hawks they were going to beat the Hawks anyway right yeah there's nothing it was whether it's four games or six games like this series will be over um barring some time of some type of catastrophic injury on the Southern side, um, you know, in some point in the next week, uh, these, the rest of these series in the East outside of Sixers nets, where I feel like the nets through their, you know, not their best punch, but they've figured out, okay, let's, let's make everyone else try to beat us. And that didn't work. Um, so their, their hand is kind of very limited in terms of the personnel they have, but like I said, everything else, if, if this is, if, even if Giannis can play in this series and they win this series, a back injury to a guy that big, you'd think this is probably not an injury that's going to go away. This is probably something that he's going to have to play through. If it already took him out of the game and he's at a point where he's doubtful for a game two, which is with the two days off, like eventually we're going to get into the every other day grind of the NBA. And and I mean, yeah, it sucks to see. You don't want to see these guys deal with it, but this is, this is a type of injury that can, you know, certainly change the complexion of the, the, the East playoff picture and the, the Celtics could be the main beneficiaries of that. And it's not the last awkward fall he's going to take in these playoffs either. Right. No. You don't, you don't want to think that way. You don't want that to be part of the the story here. You don't, like I said, I, I don't want any of the Celtics to get injured. I don't want Joel Embiid to get injured. I don't, but just the reality of the situation of like, what is ahead of the teams and, and what is the picture for the title this year? Yeah. I mean, you have to think about it. Like Giannis has a back injury. It sounds like he's, I don't know. Right. They listed him as doubtful for, for game two, which is supposed to be 25% chance to play. But then the reports afterwards were like, yeah, but they're, they're hopeful that he'll be able to play. He just didn't practice. So we'll see. But 
Also, what does he'll play mean? Does it mean he plays 25 minutes and he tweaks it? Does it mean, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, possibilities within play or not play in, in between. And it's just like, who knows? We, <laughs> a lot could be learned tonight. Now, again, he could play, they win, everything goes back to normal. You just sort of continue on from there. I, I'm just saying, like, it seems more precarious than you would have ever expected it to be for the Bucks one game into to the playoffs. Uh, and it's not, they're not hanging off a cliff or anything right now, but you you thought that it would be like the Celtics series or the, the 76ers series where they were just going to gonna cruise. Uh, and, it, you know, it's through unfortunate circumstance. It doesn't look like that's exactly the case. Uh, now, and that, so and the that... question... And that oh. heat fear is kind of warranted a little bit like after the fact now. Yeah, the heat fear of that they play a certain way that is a lot more physical than what the Hawks do. And the, the Hawks series has been such a cakewalk. Like they just, there was a possession, I think, in maybe late third quarter yesterday after a, a timeout or stoppage for some reason, where the Celtics inbounded it to Derek White. And the play was supposed to be to get the ball to, I don't remember if it was Brogdon or Jalen up top. And like the Hawks denied the pass and they couldn't get the play really started and they were sort of just standing around and there were like 10 seconds left on the shot clock and you're like oh, okay this is not a great possession here um and in the next 10 seconds Derek White beats his man clean off the dribble no screen nothing gets into floater range could have taken a completely acceptable shot a floater that he makes all the time kicks it back to Horford Horford could have taken a three there's an you know an above the break semi-contested shot it probably would have been but he's a 45% three-point shooter he kicks it to Hauser in the corner Hauser makes the three with two seconds left on the shot clock. And I was just like, that's the end of the series right there. Like the, they beat three different guys. They got three different quality shots in 10 seconds off. No action by just like Tatum wasn't even on the floor. And it was just one of those possessions where you're just like, there's nothing that this team can do. And the lack of physicality is what stood out where it's, they just were like, you can just square them up and drive right past them and get to the rim whenever you want. You kick it out for three, you can pass it around. You So the easiness of this series has has really stood out. Like we said at the top, there's like no fouls, right? There, there's what just a dream, just a dream. 18, like... 18, 19 total fouls in the game has never happened before in the playoffs as as long as there has been foul tracking data available. Uh, there were what eighteen total free throws, and the Hawks missed the first four of them, even when they did get them. Uh, and you start to wonder now, like, are they gonna? I don't feel like this is Joe Mazzulla is the type of coach to do this, but like, are they going to play Grant Williams going forward now, just because they're going to need him in the next series. Right. Like you're Get him ready. Transitioning to the next series. Yeah. It, you start to think it, think that way, or at least in game four, do you think that way if they win game three? Uh, because like, it just doesn't seem like there's a, and like I said, I don't think it's that they've quit. I, I think that no. the Hawks just are not built the way, like are not built to be a really good playoff team and certainly not a good playoff team to counter exactly what the Celtics do. It's a terrible matchup. It's a terrible matchup for them. It's the reason why the Celtics swept the regular season series and had their way with them last year too against this personnel. Whether the, you know, the, when the Celtics play small against them with Horford at the five, that takes away their one. Not that Capella is a great rim protector anyway, but that just takes that away. And there's literally no one else in this team that I think you can in that starting five that you can consider an above average defender for playoff purposes. So that's just recipe for disaster. When well, you're and the guys with the team. The guys who are above average defenders, other than Murray, have nothing on the other end, yes. or at least nothing that scares you, right? So Hunter's okay defender. I, you know, his reputation is probably better than than what he really is. Bay is definitely his reputation is better, but you know, I think he's generally seen as an okay defender. 
they they just don't provide any threat on the other side. And every single Celtics player, particularly if they can't beat Hauser off the dribble, is a two-way player. Yes. And, I, you know, you think of Hauser as being just really just an offensive player, but, like, he is not a turnstile, and he's still 6'8". Uh, he's certainly a better defender than Trey Young. And you just think about the different matchups that are out there, and, like, this Hawks team would get equally destroyed by by the Bucks because the same problem, like, Drew Holiday would just take them apart, and then Javon Carter like it would stop anything that they could could get going. You wonder if they played the 76ers, if they would have more of a chance of winning one or two games. I'm obviously I'm not just going back to when they, you know, when they made the conference finals, but like could they would would they be able to exploit Tyrese Maxey some amount? Like there's nobody like that on the Celtics to even try to target to run their offense. It's just like yeah, you get to choose between Derek White or Marcus Smart, and like okay, you can get a switch for Jalen Brown or Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon's probably the weakest of those defenders, but like he's fine right like this is not a bad defender particularly in the in the playoffs when he, i think the the effort across the board yeah, is, he's engaged up. yeah and it's just like they don't have anywhere to go and then you go down on the other end and like i said whenever the celtics whenever the game gets close enough where they seem to care and want to run an offense like they can choose to either run an offense or they can just choose to just dribble by their guy to the rim and it's like all right you know <laughs> you can always pick out trey young um whenever you whenever you need to to get going and then, like you said, at center, Capella and Akangu, like, they're... Akangu looks good. One of them at a time. Akangu was fine, but he was minus 17 last night. Like That's true. I mean, yeah, he hit you know, that bench, you know, got rolled. Yeah. The they, they're just, they're both fine. They're, neither of them are as good as Rob Williams. So, like, neither of their starters who can only, neither of their bigs who cannot play together are not as good as the Celtics backup big. Right. So, you're done, right? <laughs> um which is, I, I know we keep saying the same thing, sort of like it's not an interesting series, it's not an interesting game. 20 minutes in, we're still saying the same thing, but. Um, well, it's just yeah, showing so well, how well the Celtics are constructed right now to be yeah, able to like, exactly. can handle like, there are like, there are very, like you said, there are variations of the Hawks where it's like, okay, yeah, they can get some problems with him and just the Celtics have those bases covered, you know, no matter how dice up positionally or um, lineup wise, it's, it's, it's again, kind of a tribute to the front office and the fact that, you know, Joe Mazzula, I think, you know, he's taken his fair share of flack from us. And I think some of that's been deservedly so as the year has gone on. But, you know, I think he's he's pushing the right buttons here and being like, all right, this is a Hauser series and we are going to start small. And and it's it's all working and it probably would have worked either way. But the fact that he kind of ironed all that stuff out and figured out that playing Derek White 35 minutes a game is probably a pretty good idea um, is leading to some promising results here. So you wrote about Derek White. Right. So yes. Yes. Anything you want to cover? I mean, we haven't really talked about. It. Obviously, he was the player of the game last game. They were chanting MVP for him at the end. He second in the team in field goal attempts, twenty six seven, couple of assists, a steal, three blocks. The you know the blocking shots continues on. He, he's um, he's just been everything they could have asked for and and more. You any thoughts on on him going forward in the playoffs? He's sort of settling in as. I was watching yesterday and be like, is he our Andre Iguodala? Is that who, what this is? He coming? <laughs> it's, you know? kind of, it's not a bad comparison at all given, but it's for me, it's you look at this, the, the way this move went down with them. And it, I, I kind of thought about it um, in my calm a little bit, be like, what, like what would Derek white would have fetched at like a trade deadline this year? Like that's a guy you look like hurdle in Toronto went for like a first and two seconds. Um, and White, they got him for, and that was a better first than what the Celtics gave up for him last year. And so now you just look at the the fact that, you know, Brad Stevens, they kind of, you know, got him at a time when, you know, everyone wasn't 
the Celtics had turned things around last season at the trade deadline, but no one was betting on a finals capability at that point. It was more like, oh, they, they're actually playing consistent for a month. That's nice. But the now that he is fully integrated here, and this kind of partners up with like getting the Brogdon deal done in the offseason to have him fully integrated for this year. And I thought he was kind of sneaky really good last night, particularly in that first half with just getting out and running. He's not shooting well, but he's just rebounding and pushing the ball and made some really nice passes to Rob Williams for the high lows too. So when you have those guys pretty much at their best, like has, it, it just is putting painting a picture for this offense now where you're like, okay, they have so many options where if Jalen's hand is beat up or Tatum has an off shooting night, they, there's there's just enough for them to get by right now, even when Elena's playing you know decently well on their end. Yeah, you got that doesn't even bring into it smart, and you've got the, the right. three guards so you can keep one or two of them on the floor at any time you need to. Like Payne Pritchard, as we've said many times during the season, is not a bad option. He's no chance of getting into this rotation, but even if you needed to use him, like there's still something good there. Um, as to your question of what would his trade value be, the only thing I know is that uh, Masai Ujiri would have held the line at, at four picks and three swaps and then not <laughs> right. traded him at all. Uh, it's just, yeah, it, I did not like to trade when it happened because of when it happened in the season, right? They were just sort of a little over 500 and you're sitting there going, boy, you're trading a six years out swap that's only top one protected. Like, that's a huge risk. He's a good player, but he's a role player. I knew that the analytics really loved him. And like, he has been everything that the analytics were you know that were like oh no he's a really underrated player better than what than what that looked like makes me look completely wrong i'm I'm much much prefer being wrong when i think the celtics overpaid than than anything else um so he's just been great and when he's out there i don't know he he's one of those players who he just one he does all the little things right like that was this the selling point when they brought him in he moves the ball really quickly he makes this team work he's Josh Richardson and Dennis Schroeder are, are too slow in terms of their decision-making, all that stuff. But it's like, you expect it to be getting this sort of connective role player. And then as this season particularly has developed, it's like, oh no, when you need offense, he can give you offense. When you need a lockdown defender, he can give you a lockdown defender. He's not just there to, to catch and move the ball quickly and you hope be confident in his own shooting. Uh, he's really blossomed this year as as something more than that, uh, as he you know took, took over that starter role and, and really made it almost unquestioned who that what their starting lineup should be even after the starting lineup last year was so good like nobody's even thinking twice about it now Uh, um i say that although you do see some like national people covering the team for the playoffs who obviously have not been paying close enough attention or like are they going to go back to the two big lineup in order to to counter collins and and capella and you're just like what no no of course (laughs) they're not going to do that what are you talking about like they would have to be down three one before they would consider doing that like he's been so so good um so, I, yeah, it, it turns out to look like maybe even a better trade than the Horford trade or the Brockton trade, which also looked like really good trades at this point. Like, it's just right. a, a he, he's such a, like, gem of a player right now. And you hope it continues on and that he doesn't have any of those crises of confidence or anything like that. And that Because if he plays like this, boy, this team is hard to beat. It's, it's certainly going to be tough to find a team when you look at both conferences right now. And if, if, if Giannis, I mean... We'll see what the honest injury is, but that's that's the one team you thought would be the, the biggest hurdle. But I don't know. We'll see. Philly, like they they still have their holes, but that's still going to be a big challenge for this group. A different type of game for sure, and different type of defensive game plan. But we'll have at least a week to cover that up, um, to cover that ground. Um, as we probably wait what six seven days before that for that series to start. Once this thing gets to an end, and they wait for 
the rest of these series. Um, all right. Any let's wrap any other big picture thoughts on this team or just the playoffs of the whole right now. This has been pretty entertaining um, across the board. The Western conference, I think is more unsettled than ever right now, which is pretty awesome um, and provides a pretty fun unpredictability factor. Um, but like who what's after watching a bunch of this for this weekend here, like who, who do you actually like out there? Who's going to, who's going to put it together uh, to be awaiting the Celtics or the Bucks or whoever in the finals here. Light the beam. <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. I mean, that's it's amazing that there was all this talk going into the last couple of days of the Western conference where they were saying, Oh, should the Clippers tank down? You know, should the Clippers try to move down to six and risk seven or should they just stick at five? Like what's the risk of, you know, if you go into the play in tournament, all these bad things can happen. Do you, and like maybe they should have been tanking to seven, like yeah, because <laughs> all of a sudden the and obviously they couldn't know that that Jaw was going to get hurt, but like the the Kings are just a, a blur the way that they're playing, um, and who knows? It, it's hard to believe that they will be able to keep up this level of confidence and this level of pace through an entire playoff series. But I mean, or through an entire playoff playoff run, not just the series. But I suppose you never know. Um, if the other team gets their best defensive player suspended for stupidity, uh, it would help along the way. Uh, I have not watched but the defense on that is like, all. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's it's so ridiculous. I, I don't get it. Like no history. He should be suspended for that. Yeah. If there's no like, and people are like, for me, it's just like you lose the high ground. Jam. Like the, the fact that he was like rallying up the crowd after the fact, like all that crap, like that, I feel like that hundred percent put it over the top of him. And that's just him being an absolute idiot. Like, it's a suspension worthy thing, regardless of his past, regardless of the way he reacted to his to the crowd. Now, Adam Silver, I think, has been way less uh, severe draconian in his yeah, in his punishment than than David Stern was, but still, like a one game suspension for that is warranted. The all the other stuff, no question. No question. When the when the since deleted report from Shams had come out yesterday that was like, oh, oh did you delete that? Trending. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's trending towards not being a suspension or whatever he said it was, whatever that means. Like they sent out a trial balloon to see how people would react or something. I don't know. Uh, um, was ridiculous. I was like, how could they not suspend him for, for that? Uh, and we'll see from here. Um, the, the Clippers uh, Sun Series with about five minutes left in the second quarter yesterday looked less interesting than we thought. And by the end of the game seemed very interesting. Uh, the Lakers, you know, the Lakers get Lakers breaks, right? They get Lakers luck and we'll see what, what happens from here. But if, if Morant is out, then you feel like they're pretty heavy favorites with the, the other injuries that, that the Grizzlies have. Yep. Uh, and like I said, I haven't, the Nuggets games are on at 10 o'clock and I think that they're going to walk it. So I haven't even watched them play in the playoffs. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not, whatever. I can't, I'm going to withhold judgment on the Nuggets until the next round, essentially. Um, yeah, exactly. It's same as, it's very much the same as the Celtics and the 76ers where you're just like, I don't know how much you're actually learning here other than that you're conf- maybe with them because they had had such a down last month where they just weren't even really trying. It's like, oh, they can bring it back up. You would think, but um, in both those, there all three of those instances, you're sort of looking at it being like, all you're really learning is yes they are a good team and we'll see what happens after that so it's crazy a little bit out west more you know the west the people are like oh the west will be more crazy this year than it's been in the past because they're all not good but it used to be that the west was all so good that the seven and you know this like, right. two seven series was good because the seven series was super good and it's like, oh, it's like oh, okay. mav spurs yeah. and like round one you're like yeah, exactly. duncan versus Dirk, like dirk and you're like oh god yeah um, 
yeah it's a different it kind of madness it's like the, madness. like old eastern conference madness now where it's like oh these teams are all kind of a little a little sketchy um good to see Kawhi playing like Kawhi. yeah for sure. it's, it's nice to fun. see right and that would be you know quite the if westbrook features prominently i don't i still don't trust i mean i, I think the suns are going to come back and win that series but the fact that he's you know they're putting it more of a fight than i would have expected without paul george is uh again adds just adds another layer of what could be the most fun fun round first round in a long time in the nba playoffs here but we'll have plenty of time to watch ryan um we're not participating we're in not, the exactly thought it will be done probably sunday or tuesday um I'm supposed to go to Atlanta for game six. I have not booked that flight yet. Um, I'm going to be in Boston on the day of what it was supposed to be a game seven. And I, I looked at it and went, even before the series started, I was like, oh, they're not playing that game. Not even worth trying. That could be that game, game one, though. Happening. It could be game that one of the next one. series, yeah. Yep. But there's no way they're playing the Hawks that game. So no. I was like, I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, make sure you're following Ryan at Danger Cart on Twitter here. We'll be uh, back of you guys over the weekend to... See how things shake out in Atlanta before we uh, ultimately turn the page to what should be a, a fun ride next round against the, the Sixers and company. So stay tuned for that. And thanks for listening.